The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Are you ready for operational excellence? Welcome to the Visual Workplace, work that makes sense, where your host and visual workplace expert, Dr. Gwendolyn Galsworth, shares powerful visual principles and practices to optimize your operations and make them safer, faster, better, and far less costly. The Visual Workplace. You can't get to excellence without it. Now, here's Dr. Gwendolyn Galsworth. Hi. Hi. Welcome. This is Gwendolyn Galsworth. And you are at The Visual Workplace. This is our weekly radio show about letting the workplace speak. In each of our shows, we look at some aspect of that, of letting the workplace speak, of embedding our operational intelligence into the dynamic landscape of work through visual devices, through visual systems, through visual mini-systems. Why? So that we can take the struggle out of our work, we can actually do the work of our work, we can enjoy ourselves along the way. We can make the right profit, profit margin. We can reduce our cost, right? And enjoy ourselves, as I say, along the way. The workplace that speaks, the visual workplace. And today, we're going to continue our discussion of sustainment, what it is and how to get it. And we will need several more shows after this to cover the topic. It's very rich in principles, in tools, in behaviors. Many, many people talk about sustainment. And they think that it needs to come from, in a way, from within or from auditing or from um, kind of overseeing micromanaging. But these things don't work. In fact, we find that the way to get sustainment is through structure. Structure helps us. And, and when I talk about structure, I'm talking about tools, about tools, about predetermined formats and protocols and routines that enable people to learn within it and to continue, to continue, to continue. So it's a learning structure. Uh, we don't have, we're going to go right into the show after just a couple of tiny, tiny announcements. I want to encourage you to go to our website, visualworkplace.com, and uh, get a book. If you have been listening all this time, get my Visual Workplace Visual Thinking book for an overview of the 10 doorways. It's a very, very good comprehensive introduction to the model as I know it and as I've been developing it over these last 30 years. The reason I encourage you to do this is because for many people, Visual Workplace is still about an array of visual devices of point solutions, but it is much more than that. And if you're not getting, uh, I would say, exceptional results in terms of leadership, self-leadership, cultural alignment, and 15 to 30% increase in throughput that you can track, then you're missing some components of what workplace visuality can do. The second, and it's got lots and lots of pictures, 220 
colored examples. It's a really strong book. The second book I would recommend is Work That Makes Sense. That just won the Shingo Prize a few weeks ago. And it's a deep dive into Doorway One, into operator-led visuality, where most organizations are either deficient or just plain crippled. They just don't know how to uh, even begin that journey of cultivating a workforce of continuous improvement. And Work That Makes Sense is a real implementation manual. And this is the book, by the way, that is now available as a suite of big screen webinars, which I've narrated using exactly the same material as when I trained this on site for some of my clients. Webinars that will allow you to train your groups and to support them during a excellent visual conversion on the, on the value-add level. I'm working currently. I'm working on a book on visual leadership, and I my plan is, and it's it's we're chugging along, is to have a book on each of these doorways because behind each of these doorways, which are categories of visual function, there is a methodology, a step by step protocol about how to create that outcome reliably and repeatedly. Okay, so. And I also want to say, oh, I've got a great announcement also. In about a month, we're going to have our first real-time coaching session on this show where a practitioner comes with his or her challenges and we address them real-time. I will not have spoken to them before the show in terms of their stuckness. They may be a client or there may be somebody I know that I've spoken to privately or worked with them in one way or the other. But for the whatever their stuckness is, we're going to, they're going to present, I will diagnose on, uh, in real time so that you can see what the questions are for finding out and those questions will shape our intervention. And I think you'll find that very interesting because uh, troubleshooting is so such an important part of implementation and we so rarely get an opportunity to actually hear how to recover from our getting stuck or our mistakes. Instead, we hear about the victories when they have when they're firmly into place, in place, and we can brag about them. But people say, "Gee, that's great," and then they start and they get stuck right out of the gate sometimes, and they think that they're a failure. But in fact, they're not. They need to keep going, and they need to do something that is different, either slightly different or very different. And they just need to spot it. So it should be very interesting. I'm hoping that this will become a regular part of our show. And uh, as you will find out uh, in that show, in our first show in about a month, I think it's scheduled for June the 26th, if I'm right. Let me just take a quick peek. At um, We're going to have Clifton Dahl from Bobcat. Yep, June the 26th. Um, uh, this will help you increase your skill and your eyesight and your um, skills as a coach, which every all of us really need to be. We need to all learn to be coaches. So now let's get on with sustainment. So last week we began to unnest the principles and practices of building and then sustaining the habit of improvement, in this case visual improvement. And you may remember that I talked about my very favorite definition of discipline, the one that was uh, given to us by Albert Einstein, the physicist, the guy who began to map the cosmos. And remember what he said. Remember his definition. He said, what a surprise. What a surprise. Discipline is remembering what you, what you what. Discipline is remembering what you love. So, you know, 
we spent 10 minutes talking about it, but you get it. It's very, very different than kind of chasing down people, making sure they're doing the right thing, auditing them out the gazoo, then auditing them again and watching them being hypervigilant on other people's behavior. Not at all. Not at all. So you can listen to that whole show if you want to. That was from last week. And we began to walk through the nine specific sustaining tools, the one I'm going to continue with today, the kind that ensure that our habits get grounded into daily practices. Okay, so we want tools, we want principles, we want daily practice. And that's what sustain means. It is the glue that anchors the principles of the methodology and the outcomes that methodology creates, triggers, into the physicality of day-to-day work, into the living landscape of work. When that happens, visuality becomes, ta-da-ta-da, it becomes a waste reduction strategy. I have never spoken to you about that before. I have never talked about visuality being a waste reduction strategy an actual part of the plan for waste reduction. People see it, again, mistakenly, as point solutions, and they really make it very, very narrow in its impact by thinking of it only as that. But it actually is a strategy for waste reduction. It has a, Visual devices have a built-in feedback loop, PDCA, because they give us immediate feedback on our behavior and because we can then tighten those devices to get tightened behavior out of ourselves and others, okay? When visuality is on the level of a waste reduction strategy, then visuality is also a part of the thinking culture. It's part of the way the culture thinks. So, and you can harvest that to benefit the bottom line, better profit, better profit margins. So, here we go. We covered the first tool last week, We talked about values and the Visual Workplace Code of Conduct, standards of conduct that spelled out the values and behaviors needed from from the outset to create an environment favorable to achieving and continuing with a visual workplace in this case. But that code of conduct is really universal. I think it applies to all settings with maybe one standard of conduct uh, being specifically about visual. Today we're going to look at tools two, three, and four, the visual workplace corner, the visual workplace checklist, and the visual workplace patrol. That brings us up to tool four. Tool five five through nine then are visual workplace steering team, visual workplace mini systems, visual workplace coordinator, then the champion, and then the management walk or the management watch. And I will be... um, sharing those with you in subsequent shows. So let's begin with the visual workplace corner. That is the supplies that support the conversion to visuality. So I'm going to tell you a sad story. This is my little yellow book. It's about Dave. So it's Saturday morning and Dave has been waiting for the whole week to have enough free time to tackle his garage and create a really cool system for the tools, the new tools he got for his birthday. As long as he's done by 1.30, when he has to take his kids to soccer practice, he's going to be all set. So he goes out into the garage at 7.15. He starts, you know, re-envisioning. He has the plan. He's re-envisioning. He's seeing his horizon before him. He can hardly wait. And he's ready to begin. He's ready to make magic happen. Oh, but wait a minute. Where's the cardboard that he needs? Wait a minute. Where's that tape? Where's the paint? Where are the metal drawer dividers? 
Where are my supplies? Oh, darn. I forgot. I'm going to have to make a run to the hardware store, and I'll never get back on time. Oh, darn. I'm going to have to wait for another Saturday. Oh, darn. Oh, darn. Oh, darn. And that's the way it is when you start cultivating visuality or improvement thinking in people, and they get this idea, and they have to wait because the supplies are not handy. They have to wait because they have to order the supplies. First, they have to get permission. And in the worst case scenario, they have to get permission to even undertake the idea. You know by now that I am really opposed to that. Unless it's uh, a safety issue or you're really uh, crossing over into other people's departments and value fields, we want improvements to flow out of us and into the environment and become real as quickly as possible. We don't, want, we don't want permission. We don't want gates. We want the permission on the front side to simply go with the flow of our creativity. And for that to happen, and that's the scenario I'm talking about here, for that to happen, the supplies have to be handy. They have to be there on a cart. They have to be there uh, in, a, in a rack. They have to be there in a cabinet. They have to be there in advance. Visual devices, most of them are low-cost, low-tech. They're designed and implemented. In doorway number one, they're designed and implemented by associates. And to be able to do that, people need ready access to basic supplies. We call that the visual workplace corner. Could be a box. I've seen it be a, um, a rubber garbage can where the supplies are simply put in there and people carry the, the um, can. You know, it's a kind of um, office size uh a waste paper basket, they carry that with them to the point where they're using it. So it needs to be portable, either on wheels or you can pick it up. It's in some kind of carry basket or whatever. Complete. Complete. I'll tell you about the best one I ever saw as soon as we get back from the break. I'm getting a signal now that we need to go into a, a break and we'll continue this in just a moment. I look forward to it. sure to friend us on Facebook. You can do it right now. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for us at keyword Voice America. Are you ready to bring the power of the visual workplace to your company? Gwendolyn Galsworth, visual workplace expert and award-winning author, is available to help you harness and maximize that power. With nearly 30 years of hands-on experience, Dr. Galsworth shows you how through in-house seminars, site assessments, total company conversions, keynotes, coaching, and consulting. Learn about visuality through our books, DVDs, on-demand webinars, visual edge learning packages, and a host of other teaching materials. Enroll in the Visual Lean Institute and get trained and licensed as an instructor or QMI affiliate in any of our nine core visual workplace courses. Keep your visual workplace going and growing. Visit our website at visualworkplace.com to learn more about workplace visuality, our products and services, and when Gwendolyn will be presenting near you. That website again is visualworkplace.com. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You're listening to The Visual Workplace, work that makes sense with Dr. Gwendolyn Galsworth. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call 
1-866-472-5790. That's toll-free, 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to radio at visualworkplace.com. Now, back to the program. Actually, oh, hi, welcome back. I was ready to begin my sentence right away. Uh, Those breaks are just interruptions, believe me. (laughs) For me, I'm talking about. This is Gwendolyn Galsworth. I'm at the Visual Workplace, our radio show. Once a week, we talk about workplace visuality, its various aspects. And today, we're talking about sustainment. We're going to be talking about three tools. We're right now talking about the Visual Workplace Corner. So the very best, I got this idea, it was 25 years ago, I went into Jake's Breaks in Windsor Locks, I believe it's Windsor Locks, Connecticut, and I was rolling around the floor admiring it. This was like the, it was about the 1990s, I should say, about 20 years ago. And I saw this gorgeous yellow wagon. It looked like something that um, you would sell things out of. You know, it was beautiful. It was on wheels. It was bright, shiny yellow. It had perfectly manicured shelves where things were placed on a kind of step fashion. You know, it had these kind of step shelves on each side, and it had plexiglass covers that lifted up like you see in a bakery or in a delicatessen where they're accessing things. And I said to the guy who was with me, I said, wow, that's beautiful. Do you make those things? He said, no, that's where we keep all our supplies in case some of our employees have an idea. And there was machines, there were tools in there, there was metal. They could really build stuff. This was like a rolling garage, you know, your your workshop in the garage. It had everything in it. Dave's garage after Dave's garage got to be gorgeous. And I thought, wow, that's so important. Just instantly, you just roll it towards you. And there were like five or six of these throughout the plant. And there was always one handy. You just roll it over. You grab some improvement time, which, by the way, they didn't use in the formal way that I have described to you. But people would use a chunk of time. They would keep track of it, and they would make their magic happen. So what you want from your from your supplies is you want associates to know where they're located and they've got to be, it's got to be nearby. They have to have easy access to it at all times. It has to contain basic supplies and I'll go over a really basic list and it must contain, it must be near, um, it must be able to be pulled to a surface where you can actually work on. So there needs to be some clear surfaces. Maybe you'll clear your bench, maybe you won't. But you want people to be able to have a place to work. And maybe you can just make an extension on the card itself if you do like Jake's Breaks did. So basic supplies are really basic. Scissors and rulers and yardsticks and measuring tape, cardboard and thumbtacks and glue and um, a masking tape, clothespins, string, stuff, Velcro, these white labels that you can write on temporarily until you make better ones out of yellow and black. Right? Well stocked. And by the way, it's the responsibility of management to provide that. Managers and supervisors, you are responsible for ordering, stocking, and replenishing visual workplace supplies. After your team gets strong and they become more self-directed, you can give that over to them. But don't make them jump over that loop or hoop just to get started. 
and and managers and supervisors make it a beautiful visual mini system make make these supply stations highly visual borders addresses id labels table of contents on the on the uh card itself min max levels you can set up kanban pull you can have a, a um laminated card so people can just write down what they're out of or what they'd like to have that's a special supply so it's an event it is something that is very intentionally done and i will tell you without it without it you will not get the level of visual devices that you will with it okay it's very 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 it's so important it's one of the nine sustaining tools gwenny says so okay all right I want to mention one other thing about these. And by, and by the way, I said they can be racks. They can be rolling carts. I remember um, Del Monte had a cart that had both cleaning and creative supplies on the same cart. You can make that choice. Or you can have cleaning and um, creative supplies on separate carts. And they had on their cart, they had a lot of machinery. So they had scrapers and chemicals for washing surfaces so that visual, visual devices would stick. So you figure it out. You do your experiment. You make a little prototype, and you keep developing it until it really works for your level of, um, of work, whatever the work is, your kind of work, I should say. The other thing that I want to suggest to you is that you provide each of your teams, each of your teams with a little bag of money. I call it the brown bag of money, 50 or $100 in cash. So that associates can buy at will small things that will make their job easier and that will help them make these visual devices. This is money so well spent and it works like this. You give them the bag. You give the team, the department, the bag. Somebody's in charge of it. Supervisor can be in charge of it. And then when the, when the bag is empty of money and filled with the receipts of how the money was spent, you turn in the bag and you get another round of cash just like that. And it will come as no surprise to you that area associates are meticulously careful about tracking those funds and spending them as well. Perhaps too careful. If there's any wrinkle in this tiny subtool, it's that sometimes somebody wants to spend some money, 10 bucks. Hey, I, I need but 10 bucks. What do you want it for? Says Marianne, who I work with shoulder to shoulder for the last 17 years. Well, I, I just want to get something. I don't know what. Well, you got to tell me what because, you know, you can't throw this money away. And, and people become much too um, oddity with each other. But let it flow. If I buy the wrong thing, you know what? I'm going to know it because you're going to tell me for sure. And I won't do it again. I might buy something else that's wrong the next time. But you want to, in all cases, let these tools support flow because flow is part of the sustainment miracle. It's kind of what Albert was saying when he said, discipline is remembering what you love. Love is a flow. Okay, if you make it too hard, people are going to be full of fear or anger, another aspect of fear. Okay, so that's it on the visual workplace corner. Let's move on to the visual workplace checklist. If there is, if I were to choose a single principle that all sustaining tools had, that all sustaining tools demonstrated principle, I would choose the principle of I-driven. The principle of I-driven is central to creativity, central to personal development, central to creating a self-directed, aligned workforce. 
because it looks at the eye and it respects the eye. I mean, you could say respect for the individual, but I tell you frankly, I've always found respect for the individual to be a kind of a code. I've found it very hard to decipher what does that mean? What does that mean, respect for the individual? What, how do I operationalize that? How do I know when I'm doing it? And, and anyway, what does that mean? Does that mean I respect everybody else? Well, what about respecting me? I'm an individual too, says I, right? And if I respect myself and you have another idea of what should be done, what do I do then? I'm in conflict. So it's, even though it's, it's given kind of as an emblem, emblematically, respect for the individual, it's even in the Shingo Prize, it needs to be translated into something that is more specific and operationalizable. For example, I, I, we say to everybody, love your mother. Got to love your mother. Well, yes, of course, and I do. I love my mother. But what does that mean, love my mother? I mean, I love my mother, but I think you mean something more than just love my mother. What, is, what do you mean? Because, you know, she's adorable and she's very noble, but she also makes terrible spaghetti. So how do I do that? Well, one way to operationalize I-driven respect for the individual is through the checklist. The checklist is not an audit. When you look audit up, and I'm not a fan of audits, I might as well tell you now, brace yourself. When you look audit up, go to Google, it will, this is what it says. It says, an official inspection of an individual's or an organization's, in this case, account or something, an official inspection of something, typically by an independent body. And it's almost always about financial. It's very cut and dry. It's very specific. You can count up the pennies and either the pennies are all there or you're off. You're auditing. And I know that some people try to soften that. But the notion, the concept of audit itself is really antithetical to I-driven and also to self-leadership, which is a part of I-driven. It's also antithetical. That means it is completely, it's diametrically opposed to creativity, to a sense of independence, a sense of self-identity, self-reflection, self-examination. It's a problem in itself. I'm opposed to audits. The only kind of audit I will contemplate is an audit that's really a checklist that you call an audit because corporate has said you need an audit. No, not a checklist. You need an audit. Okay, okay, boss. I'm going to call this the self-audit. Okay, as long as it has the word audit in it, you understand, this actually happens. So the checklist provides us, as I'm going to describe it, with very practical ways to respect the individual, to respect you, respect me, to respect us. It is a self-check, and that becomes self-examination, and that leads to self-leadership, and isn't that what we want? So a checklist is a specific list of tasks. We're going to begin with the tasks which we agree upon, we area associates agree, need to be done on a regular basis in order, first of all, for workplace visuality to be maintained and then to be improved. So we're going to maintain a level and we're going to then improve it. 
I want to say these checklists are really great because they first help you attain a certain level, then maintain that level, then improve that level, and that gives you sustainment. Sustainment and maintainment is not the same. Sustainment means the growth keeps going. Maintenance means we're on a level and we're going to keep there. And that's already in many, many organizations a big breakthrough moment to just be able to maintain a level of improvement. But we're going to be using checklists to drive. One of my favorite words, we're going to drive. And where are we going to drive? We're going to drive towards a horizon. You know, you've heard me say this a hundred times before. So I'm going to give you specifics about the um, checklist as soon as we come back from a break. I'll see you in a moment. you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Are you ready to bring the power of the visual workplace to your company? Gwendolyn Galsworth, visual workplace expert and award-winning author, is available to help you harness and maximize that power. With nearly 30 years of hands-on experience, Dr. Galsworth shows you how through in-house seminars, site assessments, total company conversions, keynotes, coaching, and consulting. Learn about visuality through our books, DVDs, on-demand webinars, visual edge learning packages, and a host of other teaching materials. Enroll in the Visual Lean Institute and get trained and licensed as an instructor or QMI affiliate in any of our nine core visual workplace courses. Keep your visual workplace going and growing. Visit our website at visualworkplace.com to learn more about workplace visuality, our products and services, and when Gwendolyn will be presenting near you. That website again is visualworkplace.com. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. You're listening to The Visual Workplace, work that makes sense with Dr. Gwendolyn Galsworth. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's toll-free, 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to radio at visualworkplace.com. Now, back to the program. And thank you, everyone, for coming back. We're at the Visual Workplace, and we are um, looking at sustainment tools right now. We are entering into the whole sustainment tool called the checklist. And I am hoping I can speak persuasively to you so that you substitute checklist, the kind I'm describing, for the audit you may now be doing. Okay. I don't want to, you know, be too negative about audits. But the fact of the matter is if you're putting that much work into auditing and it's not changing the result – not improving the, res- the, the focus of the audit, then shift into something that will. Time is precious. Effort is precious. Focus is precious. Let's focus on something that will help move us forward. So the checklist is a list of these tasks that area associates 
agree need to be done. Okay? I'm going to now give you four characteristics of a visual workplace checklist, which is designed to be easy to use, relevant, specific, friendly, and a way to promote further improvement. Easy to use, relevant, specific, friendly, and a way to promote further improvement. So we're not punishing anybody through this. So a a visual workplace checklist is area-specific. I'm going to talk to associates, okay, and then supervisors and managers and CEOs, you can eavesdrop and you'll know what we're trying to do together. Okay. A visual workplace checklist is area-specific. You and your associates select the type of checklist you want to use and you decide on the checklist items. Now, on type of checklist, it's very simple. You either have a big checklist on the wall that's about three by five feet. It's laminated and you put your items up there and you check them out. Or you put them on a clipboard. It's an eight and a half by 11 piece of paper, whatever the size is in your country. And you put it on a clipboard and the items are there. So that's what I mean by the type of checklist. I just made two types. Slightly, slightly different. We can talk about that later. But get this outline first. And you decide on what the items are. What are the tasks you want to do? What are the outcomes you want to create? You do that as a team and I'll give you a little exercise in a moment. The second characteristic is the visual workplace checklist is empowering. Not only do you and your associates develop the checklist, you administer it. It's a self-report. You go around and you give people, you give yourselves more correctly said, you give yourselves a score. And typically this score is on a scale of one to five. I I like one to five. There are actually six points, the first point being zero, and then you move up to excellent, great results, fantastic. And I'll give you right now, just turning to that point right here, I'll give you a, a typical scale, but you can have a lot of fun with these scales. But here's Here's the scale that we use. And you can turn this over and let people use, let the department use any language they want. I remember one was um, a, pig st- uh, a, a big pigsty, pigsty, uh, not quite a pigsty, not a pigsty. <laughs> or uh, clean enough for me, clean enough for my mother. <laughs> that was when we were doing uh, the first three S's. But here's, here's one. Zero is zero result. We're not saying zero effort. We're saying zero result. Number one is, score of one is a slight result. Number two is squeak spy. Has a little personality. Squeak spy. Number three is satisfactory results. Number four is very satisfactory results. And number five is great results. And you can see it's subjective. And it's administered by us. And if we have time today, we'll talk about the Visual Workplace Patrol because this will be a group, a rotating group of area associates in pairs that administer the um, checklist. So it's subjective to them. What do you think? Do you think that's worth a two, Marianne? You know what? I think it's really worth a three. Why? Why? Says I, Gwenny is talking to Marianne, we're the patrol this week. 
Well, because, you know, last week, you weren't here. I was with uh, Bill at the time. He was doing the checklist last week. It, it, it was really much, much worse than this. So I think it's worth it. Okay, let's go with three. So area-specific, empowering, administered by ourselves. Area-specific meaning we select the type of checklist. We select the items on the checklist. They're relevant to our work. And the third is supports improvement. A visual workplace checklist, as you already see, is designed to provide feedback on current improvement efforts and to point the way to further ones. It will first provide feedback on current efforts to achieve a certain state, maintain a certain state, and then go beyond it. And number four, a visual workplace checklist evolves over time. The checklist items that were useful last month may not be useful next month, they are removed and others take their place. So as our visuality refines, our checklist items refine, and you can see the whole learning curve in that, where operators are doing something, giving it a valence, giving it a a rank, a score, and then moving it up, moving it up such that the item then moves off of the checklist, something else replaces it, you keep going, you keep going. Can you see how this is not an audit? We're not, it is not static. This is dynamic. You want it dynamic. Checklists are used throughout an implementation as both a learning tool and a motivational tool. There's no question about it. And associates, we acquire the habit of identifying and maintaining a level of visuality that's acceptable to us. And we also have a chance to recognize and celebrate our victories along the way, even as we look for ways to move forward. Beautiful. Okay. So I talked about the two types of checklists, wall chart and the clipboard checklist. I'm going to dwell on the clipboard checklist. And by the way, I don't have this in, I only have this in one of my books. It's the book I wrote in 1995 called Visual Systems. It's available now only through Amazon. We don't offer it anymore for reasons that we'll talk about on another show. But uh, when I redo Work That Makes Sense, I'm going to add a chapter on checklists because, uh, in fact, it's very, very important. So a clipboard checklist is named after the board that the checklist is clipped on. It's a self-report, and it's a self-diagnostic tool, where a wall chart checklist helps us maintain and stabilize a certain level of visuality. A clipboard checklist is designed to drive those levels higher and higher and higher. I would say that you can start pretty soon with a wall chart checklist, which just is a list of tasks that are accomplished, but you have to wait until there's enough visuality before you introduce clipboard Because one of the components of the clipboard in the scoring mechanism is how well did we do it? To what extent is this in place? And you have to first have something in place. So you work really hard to get visuality in place. We call it going to yellow, and I'll be talking about that. You get something in place, and then you begin to evaluate that and move that forward. Okay? To develop your first set of action items for the clipboard checklist, what you do is you give the team a template, a worksheet that has 
uh, some principles of visuality. Maybe you have your five S's there, uh, clear, clean, safe, orderly. And you ask them to create items that they feel support that item. To correct, I, sh- I should say, to um, create tasks, to identify tasks. Teams are rarely short of action items or tasks. Lists of 20 or 25 items is not uncommon, are not uncommon when, when you do this kind of an exercise. And then the next step, so the team write, what are we going to, how do we know things are clean? What do we mean by clean? What do we want to have clean? And then what do we want to have orderly? What do we want in terms of smart placement? What about borders? What about addresses? So they make these lists. You let them make the list. And then next step is to pare them down. Try to get your big list, which is going to be like 20, 25 items, down to 8 or 12 priority items. Just choose what are the most important. And don't worry if the number varies is uneven. Don't worry about that. You don't need a uniform number. You just need people to focus and to care. Okay, they're going to focus on what's important to them and what they can see. And you have a chance with your groups to also help them be tolerant of others to do that first very important outcome of every visual conversion, which is to adopt an attitude of learning. Remember, that's our third outcome. And that is if somebody wants a dumb item on there and really insists and gets red in the face, then you coach the associates, Marianne, me, George, Danny, Gary, to let the item happen. It's okay. Why don't you just let, um, I have to, I know. Why don't you let Peter have this item? What's the big deal? So he has one out of the 11 items, one out of the nine items. I better say nine because that's what I said before. One of the nine items. What's the big deal? Just give it to him. Don't, Don't bother to fight that battle. We've got other things to do. It's important to him. Give it to him. So you coach that. I'm very, very clear about stuff like that. As soon as I see a team fighting, I say, what are you doing? You know what you're doing? You're fighting. Is this really worth a battle? Can you just take a deep breath and just allow this guy to be, hey, Peter, can I call you a little goofy right now? Allow Peter to be a little goofy. He's enjoying himself. Give him the item. You just step in. You become politically incorrect. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and then the items evolved. And the items are scored. They are not checked off. I mean, at the beginning, you can do a yes, no. But it's so much better to say to what extent are they done because then people's eyesight begins to improve. And I gave you the six-point format, the scale before. You can use color dots, red, green, yellow. It's fine. But I like the numbers. And then something else happens. Well, and that is the visual workplace patrol. But I want to say say one more thing. There's one more component to the template. And that is under each item. And the item might say, our point of view supplies back in their address location. Right underneath it will be a space, an empty space where comments are added. So you leave room for comments. From the people who is you and me, from the people who are applying. I, don't, I know that's wrong English that I just said, but that kind of construction always defeats me. We'll do that on another show as well. 
but we're the ones who are scoring, we're going to make our comment. The checklist results in having a far greater impact if the score is supported by the remarks on what exactly, why exactly did we give this a three? You know, three is a low score on a scale of one to five. It's a medium score. It's not a great score. But this is great improvement. Thank you very much. Thank you for making an effort. We, we did good this week. People are going to take turns in administering this checklist, and we'll get to that right after the break. It's called the Visual Workplace Patrol. It's one of my favorite parts of using a checklist, and I'll walk you through it. I'm pretty sure we're going to have time before the end of today's show. So I'll see you in a minute. Thank you. For exciting video content live and on demand, visit www.voiceamerica.tv for exclusive content you just can't find anywhere else. That's voiceamerica.tv. Tune in now. Are you ready to bring the power of the visual workplace to your company? Gwendolyn Galsworth, visual workplace expert and award-winning author, is available to help you harness and maximize that power. With nearly 30 years of hands-on experience, Dr. Galsworth shows you how through in-house seminars, site assessments, total company conversions, keynotes, coaching, and consulting. Learn about visuality through our books, DVDs, on-demand webinars, visual edge learning packages, and a host of other teaching materials. Enroll in the Visual Lean Institute and get trained and licensed as an instructor or QMI affiliate in any of our nine core visual workplace courses. Keep your visual workplace going and growing. Visit our website at visualworkplace.com to learn more about workplace visuality, our products and services, and when Gwendolyn will be presenting near you. That website again is visualworkplace.com. The business community's first choice in Internet talk radio, Voice America Business Network. You're listening to The Visual Workplace, work that makes sense, with Dr. Gwendolyn Galsworth. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's toll-free, 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to radio at visualworkplace.com. Now, back to the program. Hi, this is Gwendolyn Galsworth. We're on our last segment today of the Visual Workplace when we're talking about sustaining tools. We started with looking at the Visual Workplace corner about supplies. Now we're on check. We just finished checklists, or at least we framed out checklists. And now we're going to combine checklists with the third tool that we're discussing today, the Visual Workplace Patrol. The Visual Workplace Patrol is a small rotating team of area associates who are charged with applying the checklist in their area and sharing results. It's a team of two. It really can't be more than two. There are other formulations for having larger teams, but we'll talk about that at another time when we have this checklist and patrol thing as a base and we can build on that. But right now, I want you to get the concept of a patrol. And honestly, this patrol occurred to me because I thought, wow, we've got a great checklist. Now, who's going to use it? 
And when I thought about the supervisor using a checklist, this was 20 years ago, the checklist that the associates had just created, I thought, they're not going to understand, the supervisor's not going to understand these items, not with the subtlety of the people who created it. How can I break that paradigm there? And then I said, wow, why don't I just let the people who created the checklist administer the checklist? Oh, wow. And all of a sudden I saw that was the perfect way to do it. And then I needed to figure out a simple way of doing it. So I'm just showing you how I'm going to tell you how I've been doing it because it's worked for me. But you can hear the principles of fairness and also balance in it. So what I say to the group is, okay, we need a patrol, and here's your choices. Limit the choices. We're going to have people pair up either alphabetical by their first name or alphabetical by their last names, two people at a time. So shall we flip a coin, or do you want to have a big discussion about it? And if they want to have a discussion, I say, okay, I'm going to give you seven minutes I'm going to leave the room. When I come back, I want an answer. I want to be spared, you know, the commotion. So I go, get a drink of water. I come back. Okay, what's your decision? Alphabetical by first name. Okay, very good. So it's going to be Adam, Beth. Adam and Beth the first week. Beth and Carol the second week. Carol and Frank the third week. Frank and Gus the fourth week. Gus and Ted the fifth week. Ted and Adam the sixth week. Do you see what I'm doing? There are two people who start, and then one person is removed, and the second person continues the second week, because that second person is holding the history from the week before. So Adam and Beth the first week, and then Adam drifts off, and Beth couples up with Carol the second week. Beth holds the history. She remembers what that area looked like the week before, because she had already gone through that with Adam. She's working with Carol. And then Beth drifts off. Carol picks up the next week with Frank. So it's this rotating. It takes about 20 or 25 minutes the first time. It typically happens on a weekly basis to begin with. And then it can shift to twice a month. Monthly is a little bit long, but monthly is possible. By that time, it's about 15 minutes to conduct it. There's a few parts of it. What is key is that it's conducted, the patrol is conducted at an approximately preset time, Thursday mornings between 9 and noon, every week, if you're doing it, so there's, if you're doing it weekly, so there are no surprises, so we know that's when we have to have the snapshot of this is good enough for us, this is what we've done for this week. And remember that Adam and Beth are part of making that change happen. They are auditing themselves and their peers. And if somebody gets a wrinkle the way Peter did about, I want this item and everybody thinks it's dumb. If somebody becomes punitive, you just, you can't do anything about it. If they give everybody ones and zeros and their partner can't talk them out of it, (laughs) everyone knows, okay, buddy, you're here for two weeks. And after that, we're taking over. So you just kind of tolerate it. And people, they begin to line up. You know this is true. We model the behavior. We model in ourselves the behavior that we want from others. Okay? So 
workplace patrols are very effective when everybody gets a chance to serve on a patrol on a regular, recurring, rotating basis. That's the fairness part. And if you've got multiple shifts, you've got to figure it out. Mostly, uh, I'm sorry, I'm shouting a little bit. First and second shift usually do it together. But graveyard shift or if you have five shifts, you've got to work that out. But you give everybody a voice. This is many voices. This is harmony. So with getting the most out of your checklist patrol combination supports these two, these three principles. One is it emphasizes gradual progress. I'm sorry I didn't tell you this. Every week, and it would be like on Friday if the patrol is on Thursday, every week the people who are running the patrol present their results. And it usually goes that they choose two or three of the items that they want people to focus on. They get to choose. They're the leaders that week. We want you to focus on items number five, number seven, number nine. Not on everything because those are the ones and maybe there's something like those are the ones that were on two or less or those are the ones that we've been working so hard on for the last five weeks and we can't seem to get over three on it, a score of three. Whatever reason, the patrol presents the results. This takes five minutes. Here are the results. We're posting them, maybe laminating it. Here are the results, and this is what we want you to. Fo- this is what we're going to focus on next week, in time for the next Thursday's patrol. So people don't go into overwhelm. And if people have a very produ- uh, busy production schedule, then just choose one of them. And remember, this is not taking the place of the other visual applications. It is simply saying, as a department, we're on this level. We want to maintain it, and we want to move it forward. And yes, you can absolutely confer the golden, what would it be? The golden doorway, doorway number one, the golden doorway award, because this is worthy and people will see that you're recognizing them for legitimate progress and progress that is helping them to think and to grow, progress that they're enjoying making. We're not auditing anymore. So we emphasize gradual progress. The second one is we emphasize that less is better. We don't want people to lose their way in too many items on the list. They'll go into overwhelm or too many items that they have to focus on for improvement the next week. So what we're doing is focusing, focusing, focusing. And the third item, uh, the third um, kind of principle that we want the checklist to do is we want it to have the narrow focus. This is the same thing as I said before. So you want people to feel like they have these victories every week because you know what? Not just us Americans, but everyone. If we feel as though we're moving ahead only a little, even only a little, at least we're moving ahead and we don't feel bludgeoned by that which is supposed to help us grow. We don't feel bludgeoned by this beautiful condition called workplace visuality, this paradigm. We feel interested in it, and it opens this thing within us that is without a bottom, full of power, full of resource, full of belief and hope. We want that in the workplace. So I think that we have covered in a pretty good way those three tools, the visual workplace applies, Uh, Supply Corner, 
the visual workplace checklist. I hope you see how different it is from an audit. I hope you try it out and the visual workplace patrol. And when you try it out, just try it out in one area and work it through. If you've got audits going, don't worry about it. Go to your boss and say, boss, I want Papal dispensation. I want to try something else new. I want to try something else. It's called a self-audit in case he's got an allergy to the word checklist or she. And just try it out and work out the bumps and the lumps in one single area and then go to the person and say, hey, that was pretty good. Could I have another area? I'd like to try it out now on another area or maybe you ask for two. And slowly, slowly, the results in the areas that are being supported through checklist are going to be so distinguished compared to the repetition of audit. God bless you for doing so many years of audit. I know it's been painful. Some of them work. I know some of them work, but so many of them fail, and you are not in a position because you're not corporate to get rid of them. So just make a gradual shift over. I want, uh, you know, I want you to have pleasure in your learning. I want, learning is fun. It's fun. I had a great time this week talking with you. I hope that you stay in touch. Please continue sending your emails. I haven't had a chance to go over them with you on air, but we'll be doing another mailbag show probably in June or July. Please send photos of your visual solutions and your comments to radio at visualworkplace.com. Visit, visit us on our website, visualworkplace.com, and I look forward to the next time. You bet I do. This is Gwendolyn Galsworth, and I'm signing off. We appreciate your joining us this week for The Visual Workplace, work that makes sense. Please tune in for another episode next Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Pacific, featuring your host, Dr. Gwendolyn Galsworth, on the Voice America Business Channel. Thanks again for listening.